Blog Talk Radio. Hey, good morning everyone. Troy Dooley here, the host of RealMentorsRadio.com. It is a beautiful morning in Florida. Yesterday we started the day out with a little bit of rain, and today it is just the opposite. Beautiful sunshine, and you cannot go wrong. Anytime you have a gorgeous day like this, you know, it does make you excited. It makes you realize how blessed you are. I'm pouring myself a fresh cup of Java Fit Coffee, the coffee company that Longevity just purchased a couple of months ago. Actually, it was a reverse merger to allow them to go public, and it's things like that that make me realize this great industry we have is phenomenal. But today, we are in the third chapter of Craig Groeschel's book, Weird, because normal isn't working. And I tell you what, this was a timely book. I'm a I'm a little strange in and of itself, I guess. Weird would be a good word here because every time I start to do a new series, I really do focus and pray to figure out what what is it that's out there? What is it that's needed? What do I need? You know, this is unlike some people who some folks might call gurus or their leadership studs like Maxwell or or even like Craig and, and run a big church, man, I'm still out here trying to learn. I'm, I'm making mistakes. I was talking to my mom the other day and saying, you know, after 24 years of marriage, I feel like I'm in the first year just trying to figure it all out. And I hope it always stays that way in every aspect of my life because I think that's what sets us apart from those that get that narcissistic, egotistical attitude. Yesterday I finished up a, a 90, almost 90-day 90 research project. And as I was writing the article, I started writing it on Saturday after going through my outline. I, I, I just didn't feel comfortable with it. And it was on a, a gentleman that I've gotten to know at a distance. I've read everything that he's written. His name's Orrin Woodward, a very successful entrepreneur, a, a Christian. A lot of controversy has surrounded his life. A lot of controversy has surrounded his pastor's life over the last couple of three years. And as I wrote that article, it took a, a different shape, and I believe that the Lord gave it to me. I don't I don't think any anybody in either camp will be happy with that article. But I do think I was able to hone in on the fact that the enemies of the heart are what really messes us up, whether it's in business or whether it's in our personal lives. And... As I was reading chapter 3, The Rest is Up to You, in Greg's, uh, Craig's book, Weird, I thought, man, even the way we, we invest or spend our time can be an enemy to what our purpose and our mission is in life. And, and this is just great. I believe this chapter here may help us all because Craig is one of these kind of guys that I've learned from over the years as a catalyst leader, and, and he just is always open and honest and he starts this off by saying, I'm addicted to adrenaline. In other words, he's a workaholic, man. He is so passionate about the, the, the mission that God has put him on that he's like got one speed, go and, and, and go faster. I mean, that's just the way he is. But not too long ago, he was in a situation where those men and women that are around him on a daily basis that have that he's given permission to speak into his life and say, dude, you need to chill. They brought 
to him the fact that, dude, you're doing it again. You're screwing up. For 14 years you've been doing this, and here you go again. And he writes, the leaders of the church where I was serving at the time thought I was dangerously close to workaholic burnout. So to appease, appease them, I went and saw a shrink. I mean, how many pastors, you know, saying, hey, I had to go see a shrink. But that's what he did. See, what happens, and I catch myself doing this, we don't stop. We constantly have to be busy. We constantly have to be on the go. We constantly have to be moving forward. Some of us just feel like if we're sitting around doing nothing, we must be wasting time, and we sure don't want to be a bad steward of our time. I mean, seriously, if we just stopped for five minutes, probably the the whole world would come to an end. And that's what you got to look at. When was the last time you just stopped? for five minutes. Maybe the only place you can do that is sitting on the throne with the door shut, but have you ever just thought about stopping for five minutes and taking a breather? See, I think sometimes that's hard. See, the normalness of our life, as we've learned in the first two chapters, is to stay busy, busy, busy. Produce, produce, produce. Work, work, work. But I remember when I shared about the pioneers and how many months it took them just leaving St. Louis and going overseas. I mean overseas, listen to me, going across the prairie to the sea. Without a doubt, there was a lot of work, but I don't know how many of you have gone across the state of Kansas, but I have countless times. And I'm telling you, that's the one time when there ain't nothing to do. And they were all chugging along with those cows or oxen, whatever was pulling their wagons. But when was the last time you did that? And, and if you haven't slowed down and stopped, is it because you're afraid to? When was the last time that you just stopped and enjoyed a moment of your own time? When was the last time you really sat down and had a nice fresh cup of coffee or or a cup of tea and maybe read a psalms or a proverbs or or maybe you just went outside and took in a deep breath of fresh air i think that's what we have to ask ourselves craig writes this he says the biggest reason why many people surrender to normal and become overwhelmed overdriven unsustained at an unsustainable pace is because we don't have faith And although Craig wrote that, it was his strength that said that. He said, we don't honestly believe that God is on his throne and that he can and will handle the details of our lives. That he truly wants what's best for us and that his way is doing life better. Or in the way Craig writes, weird. See, we talk all the time about how as as Christians, we're different. Oh, we're just different people. We talk a different language. We we do things different. But here's a pastor saying he's normal. He's doing it just like everybody else is. See, the only difference in his career and your career is he happens to have a bunch of volunteers that have to follow him. Well, wait a minute. Isn't that what network marketing's about? Similarities are scary sometimes. 
See, we get to be afraid. We're afraid that if we don't run nonstop and try everything the world has to offer, we're going to miss out on something. We're afraid that we might miss out on one of the things that turns out to be the one elusive piece of our puzzle that will finally fill the void that we are so deeply trying to fill. Some of us even call it a healthy addiction. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm just addicted to adrenaline. I'm addicted to work. It, it's better than being on drugs. But yet it's not. Because when you get right down to the nitty-gritty, it's placing an idol above God. And if you don't believe in God, that's cool. What it's doing is it's putting something else above and beyond the mission that you have for yourself in your life, which means you're not going to accomplish that either, and there's always going to be a void. funny to me how this happens with every addiction, not just with adrenaline addiction. It happens with drugs, sex, booze, doesn't matter what it is. Looking to fill a void. Craig writes a confession sort of here. He says, just because I was addicted to God's work didn't mean my fixation was healthy. As Tim Keller explains in his book, Counterfeit Gods, Idolatry is not just a failure to obey God. It is setting it is it is a setting of the whole heart on something besides God. Let me read that again. As Tom Keller explains so well in his great book Counterfeit Gods, idolatry is not just a failure to obey God. It is a setting of the whole heart on something besides God. I want my wife's approval, so I focus on that instead of God's approval. I want my husband to love me, so I start dressing provocatively and and watch the same movies and go to the same websites he does, hoping that that will fill the void. I want my parents to care more, so I get in trouble at school. I want my upline to recognize me, so I, I, I go out and I make all the phone calls, but yet I don't produce. See, everything but what we should be doing in our life. Not just not just focusing on God here, but, but in what's important. How many times have you looked at your spouse and said, Look, not right now. I gotta get the taxes done. I gotta get the checkbook done. I've gotta get I've, I've gotta get work done. I've got a, a Sunday school lesson. I've gotta teach tonight on the radio show. I've got a client who's expecting something. I watched a show last night on Hallmark. It's uh, here, let me give a confession. I'm just a romantic at heart. I can kick somebody's butt upside down, but really what I'd rather do is just sit around and watch romantic movies on Hallmark. guess that's why I married a romance writer. Last night it was called Rock and Roll Dad. About a split family. The mom had custody of her teenage daughter. Her teenage daughter was being picked on at school. No friends, nobody to turn to. The dad that she used to adore and enjoy, they'd go to movies and do everything. Now, because he was taking care of his household and his wife's household, was working double time in a law firm that was cutting back, and he kept telling his daughter, not now, not now, not now. Someday, I promise, you don't understand. Him and some of his buddies got back together. They were playing some of the music, thinking nostalgically about the old days. 
And he had an opportunity to fill a need in his daughter's life because she was on the the homecoming committee and they needed some old rock and roll band. And she said, I know somebody that will, will do it. And they agreed to do it. And at the last moment, the dad's boss called and said, you've got to go to New York. It's the only way to save this client. So he looks his little girl in the eye and says, I have to go. i, I got to break this promise with you. Devastated her yet once again. Because something came before what his passion should be. Yeah, it's just a movie, but bear with me. It's a Hallmark movie. So he's at the airport. When it dawned on him, I made her a promise. And time is short. He fulfilled his promise to his daughter. He made her day. She was the hero of the school. Matter of fact, he sung a song that she had written. And as the camera pans away to the two words, the end, you see that he lost his job and now was in business for himself with his own shingle out in front of his house. What's the worst thing that could happen if you just slowed down for a bit, did things the right way instead of the the wrong way, did them the weird way instead of the normal way? See, here's what happens, and if you're in network marketing, this is exactly what happens. Our self-worth gets sucked into this riptide of bigger, better, best, until we don't know how to break the cycle. Matter of fact, this is what was the premise of the article that I wrote yesterday, is because so many people's lives have been financially and emotionally devastated because they're on the ride for bigger, better, more. A bigger house will make my spouse happy, so that will help my marriage. A nicer car will improve my self-image. Getting a promotion will enhance my lifestyle. A lot of important people are going to be at the meeting, so I need to be there. I need my body to be so perfect that people will notice and think me attractive. I have to give my kids everything that I never have, and I have to make sure they never miss an opportunity. And at the end of the day, what happens? We become sick, destructive, and harmful. We let guilt, greed, anger, and jealousy, the enemies of the heart, take over. And what we were meant to accomplish here on this earth never gets fulfilled. You guys have heard me say it before. I feel like that's what happened to my Uncle George. I see it all the time with so many people. I can tell you, I think that happened with Bill Clinton. It's happened with many of us. It's happened to me and my own daggum wife. I mean, think about this. Do you think your wife would be happy if you lavished time and attention on her or him instead of being too busy to connect? Hey, I'm jealous of my wife's time. I'll tell you what, raising six kids, now we got three grandkids. And all the time she's got her she's got her own career, got to write her book, got to do her thing, we got to take care of the kids, we got to do all this, and she still doesn't feel like she's got enough time in the day. And then add on to that, I got I got adult sons that are constantly needing cash or wanting this or wanting that. I could get on a poor me trip. Instead, I've started changing my life style around. This morning. 
Matter of fact, let me back up a minute. There was a commercial that used to be for the Army that said, we do more before 8 o'clock than most people do in a day. Well, mine, I would say I do more now before 9 o'clock when I do this radio show than most people do in a day, except for you housewives. See, today I've already done the dishes, put them up, refilled the dishwasher, have it going to two loads of clothes, took out the trash, went and had coffee and meditated a little bit, made sure the dog didn't just leave a, a poo-poo anywhere, came out here and started working on a brand new blog, answered emails, was already on Facebook, and now had drank two cups of coffee. Not that I'm any special. I'm just telling you, you got to take charge of your life sometimes and do what you know you're supposed to do. Craig writes this. He says, what if you got to do the work that you love, that was important and used your gifts, and, and God met your financial needs through that? Think about that, just one little thing right there. Now, some of you are retired, so that's cool, but listen. We want to chase somebody else's dream. Somebody stands in front of a room. Somebody's on an infomercial. Some some article's in a magazine saying, let me tell you how you can have what I have. But yet you don't even know what they have. So what if you took a minute and you said, I know I'm not content, and I'm going to find what God wants me to have to make me content, and you start looking for the work that you would love to where you can use those gifts that you've been given and your financial needs were met. What if? What if you started doing it in a weird way instead of the normal way? What if you had a, a, a deep and meaningful relationship with everyone in your life, starting with your wife and your children, if you have any, or maybe your significant other? I found Tessa last night took her relationship with her boyfriend to the next level. Instead of him just hanging out front in the driveway and them fiddle-farting around by his car, she asked him to come inside the house said, hey, when you get off work, why don't you just come in and chill? And he goes, oh, man, I, I would love to, but, honey, I've I've got to get my math done before 11 o'clock. She said, that's okay. As long as I can just hang with you a little bit, maybe I can help you. You know what she did? She came to me and she said, Daddy, is it okay if if I make sure Jesse's computer connects to the network? because we've got some pretty high security on our network. I said, sure. See, she wanted to spend, invest meaningful time. She doesn't know if Jesse's going to be the one, but she knows she wants to meet, meet him. She wants her mama to get to know him because she trusts her mom, probably more than her dad in these cases, to be able to give her insight. See, what if instead of trying to impress other members of the gym that you you decided to hang out with your family, go for a walk at the beach, go for a swim, go to the park? What if you invested as much time and energy into cultivating your kids' spiritual lives as you do vicariously fulfilling your dreams 
of being a pitcher at a major league baseball game. Or here, let me throw one in for, for some of you men and women. It's the 21st century. What if after work, instead of going to the strip club, you went home and had an intimate conversation with your spouse and invested quality time with him or her with no sexual expectation? Wow, that'd be an interesting one, wouldn't it? See, I think, and, and Craig writes it, but you guys have heard me say this, I think it's time for a come-to-Jesus meeting. See, I think it's time that we all realize that in some way or another we're addicted to adrenaline. We're addicted to busyness. The physical thrill of people saying, oh my gosh, how do you get so much done in a day? I don't know how you do it. Kind of fills our ego, doesn't it? I mean, seriously. If somebody came to you and said, what'd you do today? Not a cotton-picking freaking thing. All I did was drink a pot of coffee, sit in my rocking chair, and watch the birds fly around in the backyard. They wouldn't have much to say. They'd think you were weird. But I guarantee you, here's what they'd be thinking. They'd walk off with a strange look on their face and they'd say, man, I sure wish I had time to do stuff like that. See, that's the key right there. Listen to this. And some of you don't read the Bible, and that's cool. But listen, this is Matthew eleven, twenty-eight through 30. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. In a modern day language, come hang out with me. If you're stressed out, you're freaked out, you don't know what else to do, just come hang with me for a bit. We'll, we'll figure it out. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find the rest, you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burdens light. Let me put this in the 21st century again. He's saying, we're just going to chill for a while. I'm going to listen to what it is that's stressing you out. I'm going to make some burgers. I got some beer over here, some wine, so if you just need a need a chill back, you can just sit back and chill. But I'm going to listen. <laughs> and some of you are saying, good gosh, Jesus had beer and wine? Jesus made wine out of water. I mean, he's like, he just, it's really weird, but it was pretty cool too. Jesus was just a, a, a really a, a weird kind of dude. But he's saying, just hang. Just stop what you're doing. Come chill with me. And we'll figure this all out. He was known for this. I mean, when he got freaked out, and listen, you know, Craig Craig writes in here that Jesus never became overwhelmed. Now, he's the pastor, and he's got the degree, and I'm just a layman, but I would love to sit down and say, I'm going to disagree with you on that. And here's a bunch of places in the Bible where... I think Jesus may have gotten overwhelmed, and that's when he said, man, let's just get away from these folks. Let's go up in the mountains and pray. I mean, dadgum, he sweat blood right before he had to die. I think he got overwhelmed sometimes. Not like we do, don't get me wrong here. But I think there were some emotional moments. And when he really got that way, he'd tell the guys, let's take a boat ride. Let's go have a barbecue down at the beach. Y'all are fishermen. Let's get some fresh fish. Let's go hang on the mountain so I can talk to my dad. Let's give our souls a little rest. When did you take rest? 
See, here's something I think everybody ought to do. I think every day, every Sunday should be a church day. Now, I know some of you are saying, Chad, what are you talking about? Now, I'm not saying go to church. Matter of fact, there's so many people not going to church. You know what Craig did with his church? He's got a whole church online. He's got a pastor for the online church that just kind of cruises. I mean, they have the whole service. They got a place. They were the largest church in Second Life for a long time. But now you can just hang out and you can see the sermons live. I mean, that's pretty wild. So what if you got on the computer? What if you watched TV and, and all you, you focused on whatever the preacher was saying? Now, don't be sending them a bunch of money. I'm not trying to get you to do I'm just saying, what if you took time and that was your day of rest? You and your spouse talked about something that was going to be spiritually meaningful in your life. You didn't worry about the chores. You didn't worry about the over overdue projects. You didn't worry about any of that crap. You just took that, that time. My mom and dad get to spend a boatload of intimate time together. Not always the, the kind of time that they would love to when they were younger. <laughs> Although the other day she was talking to me about a time when my brother and I had left the house and they were having pizza. And one thing led to another. So, I mean, think, you got to enjoy life where you're at with the one that you love. That's what Craig's talking about here in the book. He shares a story that I think my mom can relate to. He said they took off and they went to the mountains. And he was so daggum focused. I mean, you know, he knew where he was going. But once they got to the mountains, he was. He said on day three, I decided to try my counselor's annoying five-minute assignment. And I sat on the balcony of our friend's condo. I paused to notice the mountain view, long horizon, the purple, the orange, the yellow sunlight as it reflected off the peaks, the red and blue wildflowers bobbing in the breeze of the grassy woodlands at the base of the Rockies. Before long, I started to disconnect. My soul felt like it was thawing. My mind became quieter. My breathing became deeper. In the distance, I noticed smell of pines as an eagle flew effortly in the distance. The white clouds seemed to be painted across the deep blue sky. Without realizing it, I'd started to rest. The next morning, as the cool morning air made me feel more alive than I had in months, I looked up at the snow-capped mountains contrasting against the endless sky. It seemed like so much to take in, but I just got this rushed feeling. He said, for the first time in who knows how long, I felt like myself fully alive, fully present, fully aware of God's goodness. Sometimes we can't get to the places we want, so what we need to do is we need to get out the old slides and start looking at them. We need to remember the quiet time. See, right now you may be listening to this show, and I don't have a clue what you're going through. I don't know if you're you're failing at network marketing, you're worried about your upline, you're you're hurting emotionally, financially, you're a single mom not knowing what to do, you're a single dad like I was. Maybe your business is collapsing. Maybe you're stretched so thin that you don't know what's going on. Maybe you feel like God's called you to do something, but you're afraid to follow. Maybe you just need to rest. Craig writes this, he said, We work harder to accumulate more stuff, 
Taking care of our stuff consumes more of our time. Pretty soon there's no time left for doing nothing, for relaxing, resting, or even being present. Not too many years ago, many businesses were closed on Sat were not opened up on Saturday, and none were opened up on Sunday, and now we're open seven days a week. It's time that we rest. It's time that we slow down. It's time that we start focusing. In closing, here's what Craig says. If you want a normal life to do what normal people do, if you want to if 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 you want to know God intimately, walk with him daily and be pleased with him every day, you're going to have to do what few will do. Be weird. Extreme measures You have to have extreme results. So you need to stop settling, and I need to stop settling for the normal life. We need to go after it. See, Craig writes it this way. He says, don't settle for a normal life, not when you can enjoy the wonderful weirdness of being who God created you to be. And I believe that's what we have to do. We've got to move to another level. We've got to focus on that busyness and realize that isn't making us any money. It's not bringing us contentment. It's not bringing us a new relationship. This is a time of the year where the next few months all I do is focus on where 2012 will go, and I look at what happened in 2011 because I want to do it right. I want to do it better. I want to do it God's way. Live life like it's an epic adventure. Be back with me tomorrow as we start part two, money. Rich Relatives. Ah, That ought to be fun. Have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow morning right here on RealMentorsRadio.com. Bye now.